Welcome to Forever Yellow and Black, your Richmond podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football on Twitter. You can also get us on Forever Yellow and Black on Facebook and Twitter as well. All things Richmond, all things Yellow and Black. A little bit of a Queensland flavour, but it's Richmond as you know. Season's getting closer into full practice mode now. Uh, practice match mode, looking forward to the uh, community series. Or, well, are we, or the players probably are, because of all that training um, coming after a surreal 2020 season with COVID now that the vaccines are starting to roll out. Um, they're looking at potentially 50% or more supporters at games. And obviously the ballot system at this point has got um, people in a bit of a tiz. If you're paying more for your reserve seats, you're paying for Coda, if you're paying for those different things, I do believe you should get the um, most ability to get the tickets. If you're a general admission person, um, like many of us have been and are, then obviously the chances of getting the games until they're back to that 100% capacity are going to be far harder. Um, It's going to be a very weird season in terms of if it stays at this kind of capacity around the country, that away fans will be uh, less and less because obviously they'll only get a smaller percentage of those tickets. So the home ground advantage for many teams will be uh, even bigger. Uh, Won't affect the interstate clubs as much because they've already got that advantage. So it's going to be interesting in how that goes as well. In our AFLW, um, still yet to get the win so close against Carlton, jumped out to an early lead. We had the Carlton hierarchy uh, and coaching staff uh, very, very angry with their team, uh, going down by five points. And the players that needed to, the Contis and so forth, and the Katie Brennans, they stood up. They they really did what we thought they were going to do from the start. Remembering that many teams are five years or even more, because whilst the AFLW has been around, many of these teams have had the structures um, around for longer than that. Um, Richmond, one of the later uh, parties to the AFLW and to the the women's football scene in general, which quite surprised me. But they're really starting to show some signs. You know, it's only their second season, uh, really strange interrupted season in the first one anyway. Um, So give us two or three years and I think we're going to be right up there. But it's really good to see um, the support that the girls and the women's team are are actually getting and hopefully giving um, many of our supporters that many of our female supporters at impetus to say, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to play for Richmond. And that's how things happen. So as Paul Kelly says, you know, from little things, big things grow, the cliche number one of the podcast, hopefully our AFLW team gets right on board. Um, In other news at the moment, this is just a short podcast to get the the fires burning in short uh, news there. Sydney Stack uh, apparently has approached Koch for some advice, which I think is fantastic. And you couldn't get better person to give advice on on that balance between, you know, off-field and on-field than the family and the man, the captain, uh, Trent Cotchen, three-time premiership captain, uh, Brownlow medalist, multiple Jack Dyer medalist, just one of the greatest players we've ever had at the club. And, and also, you know, we don't know people other than what we see or what is kind of sold to us, but certainly... Um, from all accounts, one of the one of the great men uh, in the AFL scene as well. Hard as nails, has achieved everything. So if you're going to learn, um, Sydney Stack, I, I hope that you take the words that, that Jack and his family give you. I hope you realise the opportunity ahead of you. 
You have every bit of talent in the world, um, and we're super excited to see how that goes. So, Sydney, please take your chances, mate. Um, with you know a full season with the quarters being extended, you're going to get your opportunities this season. Yes, you're going to be suspended for a while due to your off-field activities on the Gold Coast, but when the opportunity comes, mate, take it. Now, it's not good to to bag past plays and so forth, but I'm not sure why he's just got under my skin. And that's uh, Jack Higgins for St Kilda. I normally wish players the very best um, that have played for us in the past, but I don't know why he he's you know was a cult figure to start with and uh, unbelievable goal that we'll never forget against Collingwood. But just the way everything transpired, there, there's stuff that we I definitely don't think we've been told about potentially his attitude in, in last season. Was he already out the door? Had the manager already you know put the lights out there? Had Jack put the cue in the rack? Who knows? But uh, obviously. Uh, has missed out on that, you know, potential premiership and so forth as well. Um, you know, I can say good luck at him at the Saints, but I actually don't. I don't wish him any luck at St Kilda, and I'm sorry if that makes me a horrible human being. I don't often feel this about ex-Richmond players. I'm actually very supportive in most cases, but something just stinks about the whole Jack Higgins uh, situation. So, guys, you can turn off the podcast. You can uh, get rid of me. Paul underscore football and uh, uh, forever yellow on black on Facebook and Twitter as well. But I don't know why. If you feel the same, let us know. I don't want to be the only person and feeling feeling uh, petty about it. But Jack Higgins, you know, fantastic. I don't wish injuries or anything upon you, but I don't hope you have a stellar career. Um, but I hope you become a good human being. So the new man on the mark rules that have been really looked at um, certainly going to make the uh, man on the mark or the defender uh, basically a, a cone, uh, a street cone. And uh, I think it's actually going to really suit um, play from about the midfield onwards. And players such as uh, Jack and especially Tom Lynch are going to really benefit from that down the track if it does come in. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of misinterpretations, a lot of 50s like we saw when... Um, the players running past uh, or the defenders running past the attacking player or the or the person in possession of the ball were giving 50s away and then pointing to the person they were following. Any new rules are going to be misinterpreted. I think it suits us. Um, I think the uh, going back to the, the, the full quarters as well um, really suits us. So I think, the uh, as we spoke about earlier, the, the crowds at the moment, hopefully they do become... Full, but if they are half capacity to three quarters and the ho- as, as a home team at the MCG, um, uh, where they have vociferous support, that's going to really suit us as well. I do think, obviously, that we need to become more attacking, but it's not just about rule changes. I think the rule changes and having someone positioned in the centre square, uh, sorry, the goal square at all times, and the six six six, and all these artificial changing uh, rules of our game are going to have people really confused. I think that the, the it's actually incumbent upon the teams and the coaches themselves to actually figure out the chess pieces on the board and not have rules manipulate what is our fantastic game. I'm not sure what your thoughts are there, guys. So if you want to post anything about the rule changes on Forever Yellow and Black or uh, get me at Paul underscore football, please do. But I just think leave the bloody game alone for a year. I know people are trying to justify their roles and we have to make a million changes. Perhaps the man on the mark rule or the woman on the mark rule or the person on the mark rule, because obviously with AFLW, 
it does have its merits and I can actually see that. It's one of the rare ones I can see a benefit, but just leave our game alone. Every one of these are player guarantee numbers you're going to know, but we'll go through the list um, starting at number one for our player numbers for 2021. So Nick Bostone, number one, Dylan Grimes, number two, Dion Prestier keeps the three, Dustin Martin in four, Jack Ross, five, Patrick Nate in his dad's number six, Liam Baker in seven, Jack Rewald in eight, Trent Cotchin in nine. Obviously, we know that he had 17 years ago as captain. Uh, Shane Edwards at 10, Castagna at 11. We know many players have changed. Uh, Asprey at 12, Basha Hawley's 14, Jaden Short in 15. Jake Arts has now moved to 16. I like that number. I think it sits well with him. Daniel Rioli in 17, Tommy Lynch is 19, uh, Soldo in 20, Bolter 21, Caddy 22, Lambert 23, Sobin Ann Curvis 25, Riley uh, Collier Dawkins in 26, Thompson Dow 27, Shane Bolton 29, Samson Ryan from Queensland in 32. Not a bad number for a rookie there. Camden McIntosh in 33, Jack Graham in his 34, Broad 35, Will Martin in 36, Noah Cumberland 38, Mate Kalina in 39, Callum Coleman-Jones, another hyphenator in 40, uh, Mavia Chole in 41, Ryan Garthwaite 42, Sydney Stack in the double fours, uh, Hugo Ralph Smith 45, Ben Miller 46, Bregoa Neon in 47, Morris Rioli Jr. takes number 49. A little bit of history there as well. Marlon Pickett keeps his number 50. Let us know what you think about the numbers. Obviously, we're going to see a few new faces out. There are a few numbers that's always exciting. Uh, but that's our full playlist so far. Going through the history of our players, uh, especially players who may not be as famous as others, uh, but we're going to look at Desi Ryan, a brother of fellow uh, former Richmond player Stephen Ryan and the uncle of NBA players Aaron and Sean Bruce. Um, Desi's uh, coach now at Cheltenham in uh, at that league down there as well. So Des Ryan, born 6th of October 67, came from Birchip, 6 foot 4, 90 kilos at his playing best, played from us from 1986 to 92, 56 games for 29 goals. As we always say, you cannot have um, your history without having players fill out whether they played one game or, in Desi's case, uh, 56. Had a number of really good games for us in a very difficult financial time for the club. So, Des, like every other Richmond player who's ever represented us, thank you so much, mate. on Black on Twitter and Facebook, we put up a post about your favourite away wins that you've attended. Um, and uh, obviously you can manipulate that any way you want. But for me, um, it was many years ago, round 10 against uh, GWS. And um, we were, I believe, three wins, nine losses. I was going down to see the Socceroos. I was seeing Richmond. I was seeing a couple other games as well. Um, got to meet uh, Kevin Sheedy at the game. There wasn't many people there. Jack, I believe, kicked 12, and we went on to win nine games in a row and actually qualify for the finals. Um, so that was back in round 10 uh, many, many years ago. So that would be about 2015, I believe it was. And that was my favourite ever away um, game. I've been to a number, but I think it was my favourite because I didn't expect anything. I uh, got to see Jack kick 12, had a good chat with Kevin Sheedy. So let us know, again, on Forever Yellow and Black on Facebook and Twitter, your favourite ever away game that you attended. 
if you were, for example, at the uh, Port Adelaide preliminary final um, in 2020, that's got to surely be up there. Thanks for joining us in another episode of Review on Black. I was Paul, your host. You can uh, give us suggestions or even come on the podcast. So if you get us on Paul underscore football on Twitter or for Review on Black on Facebook and Twitter, we'd love to have you on board.